The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool, I got the keys ready to come in here and come and use it. Tony. his name is Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play a little bit instead. Aquaman's a hero! Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic forum. Assemble! You listen to Fantastic Forum, All Games Radio's premier comic book show and your live weekly show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from All Games Studio Los Angeles. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building. On Skype, he is our riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You love him anyway. He's our silent assassin. Hey. Hey, what's up? Next, he's the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum, our nigh and vulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. Happy Monday. <laughs> there are no more days. <laughs> As for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mayor Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We got a great show for you. Uh, we are going to be talking to you all today about some industry retailer reforms that a, a, a list of reforms that the industry is proposing uh, in regards to how the comic book industry should work post COVID nineteen once we get back rolling. So we're going to talk about that, talk about some of the suggestions, and give you our take. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you and your take on some of the things that we're talking about, some of these suggestions, or whatever else that you may have in regards to how you would like comic books to work. Uh, and we'll tell you how it is that you can get those suggestions in in just a moment. But first, we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, the All Games Radio Network, and of course you all, the All Games community, for allowing us this time, equipment, opportunity, ability to talk about this medium that we love oh so much, which are comic books. Uh, yeah, so you want to get down with Fantastic Forum? We have a way. Here's how. Want to get in on the action? 
Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join I the party. Want to. You know you want to. So, yeah, give us a call. Jump on Skype. Jump on chat. Uh, we'll take your comments out of chat. Bring them into the show. Uh, even though the chat room seems really dead today, huh? Yeah. I, like I was like, am Everyone's... I in the wrong section? Everyone still passed out from overeating yesterday. That people having big Easter dinners, right? Us self isolating. <laughs> Listen, I know that you know Easter is usually a pretty big deal in my family, uh, but like we like we would be over the amount like our 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 Easter usually like our regular Easter gathering would just get shut down. Like police would come by and be like, "What is this? What is this church?" It's like it's not church. This is just the family eating dinner. You know, you know how many, how big the family can be. It's like, and so since we can't, you know, you're not supposed to be in gatherings of more than what nine people, is it? I, I think. It was 10. Okay, ten, nine. It's like, you know, mom and grandma live at the house, so there's no like, I don't. There's no way to decide who the other eight people that get to go to to Easter at grandma's house is like there'll be no like that would be the civil war in my family you know (laughs) especially for easter come on man yeah i did i did get to see my mom though so that was cool oh yeah did you yeah i just kind of like like went and dropped some stuff off for her and picked some stuff up and like looked at her face i didn't even get to touch her yeah I, I, i did the same thing yeah, I was watching call it, it made me a little sad <laughs> because I didn't even want to like I didn't what well, I should say didn't want to I wanted to but I didn't even see my grandmother because I am like you know I'm terrified like yeah I hate to be the one to bring anything crazy into the house that would in turn you know infect my grandma like she literally we just celebrated her her 90th birthday over zoom man I know. I know. It was it was like it it was it was great in one way because you know everybody from all across the country was you know we were able to see everybody but I mean we had been planning a, a party that everyone was going to come like fly in for since last year and we didn't get to have that party because of uh covid so you know but yeah, it was definitely bittersweet because I was just like, oh man, like it was it was nice to see everybody and it was kind of fun in that way. But I was like, dude, and I was like, man, I can't believe it. Especially like, it sucks for people that are having like milestone kind of birthdays during this time. You know, oh, like there yeah. are people that are turning my friend Victoria 90, Larry. 80, 70, 40, <laughs> 21. You know what I'm saying? My friend Victoria Larry just turned fifty on Friday. Yeah. You know, and See? she's like, you know, she had tasked me with figuring out what to do, but, you know, you know, or she's a little eccentric and right. It's like what to do for somebody's birthday, and it's like I put for your sister who's turning fifty. I figured that's as close as we can get it, you know. But it was such girly shit, and it's like, yeah. So, in some sense, this COVID was a blessing. <laughs> it's like Victoria will live to see fifty-one now. 
Well, yeah, but it's also like, you know, we couldn't decide on what to do because she's so, uh, not strange, but, you know, particular. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like, no, she's definitely special. And it's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. But anyway, that's that's our official uh, downer portion of the show. You're welcome for oh, those also, that want to revel. Real quick, they extended the stay-at-home order till the 15th of May. I did see that, so and we, you know, we're, we're going to be with you in the morning for more. <laughs> Fantastic form in the morning. Listen, it's it's going to go all through May. Yeah. I think that that was just them, like, kind of being like, "Hey, you know," I, they already know. Yeah, they know it's going to go through May. Well, especially like, when you have a bunch of people that didn't like stay at home the first week or two, you know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of making it a little harder. It's like, no, we got to like all go at one and then <laughs> then move from there, you know? <laughs> like, that's how it works. Everyone, yeah. same time, same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, I think I think we'll go through May, uh, you know. We'll see what happens in June, I guess. And even the funny thing is, like, even when people are like, okay, like, you know, I mean, our, our I, I have to give, you know, the state of California props, I think our governor, our mayor, uh, and the, the surrounding mayors, uh, at least here in Southern California, like, I, you know, I can't speak to everything that's happening in Northern California, but here in Southern California, or, or Central California, for that matter, too, but uh, I think, you know, things are happening pretty, pretty decent, like our, you know, our, the number of cases we have, and the number of people that have died, considering how many people live here, is, is really, like, we're we're doing a good job. Um, it it could have been way worse, you know. what I mean, I know obviously, like you know, uh, I mean things are are tough on the East Coast in New York, of course, and you know, the, part of that, of course, is is some of the actions of people, but also too, some of it's just geography. You know, New yeah. York is built on top of itself. I think here we had a pretty good uh, synergy amongst the counties and and yeah. micro cities within each county. Yeah. You know, some some of the orange ones were a little little weird at first, but the closer yeah. ones to L.A. County were like, hey, you know, because you yeah, know absolutely. here we people you know work in Ventura County but live in L.A. County, and then mm-hmm. other people like, you know, there's a lot of cross traffic, and that's kind of how it is in New York in the tri-state area. Only yeah, it's a lot more congested because it's a mass transit system really that connects yeah. everything. Yeah, it's so and big. New York's built up. We're yeah. built out. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, when I say people on top of each other, I mean that like literally like, you know, the the number of people per per square mile is probably so much more ridiculous or not probably it is so much more ridiculous in New York than it is in like a place like L.A., (laughs) you know, and so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's some people that talk about give you six feet it's like you know there'd be some people that if everybody in new york was giving each other six feet there'd be some people that have to leave the state there's people that have to leave the apartment building like oh definitely you can't six feet in uh, a new york apartment building that's somebody's whole apartment (laughs) yeah right you got three of us in here (laughs) it's like yep so you know but but things are are going well here, but I think you know 
we're definitely playing it very safe and no one wants to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? No one wants to be the person that causes the outbreak in their area. So you know, I think we're playing it very cautious. And so uh, the other part I was going to say was um, while our government is uh, doing a good job and I think that you can really trust them and, and you know, the, um, the information they give out, I don't think anybody's going to be super quick to just like get back out there when they say so. <laughs> you know, if they're oh, like, yeah. okay, May 15th, we're looking good. Everybody can go back to work. Nah. Like some people are going to go, but some people are just going to be like, Mm, yeah. I'm gonna give it a week, week and a half. <laughs> We're hearing a lot more and more of like people are like I'm gonna wait till they have a vaccine, yeah. Right, right. which that can and be see, about that, a year, exactly. Yeah, you know, wait for a vaccine. It's Go even ahead. worse. Like in my field, where yeah. I do like work parties, yeah. And so even once everyone says you can go back to work it's probably going to be some time before people are ready to start partying. Yeah. Like those take planning and time. And yeah. So it's like, yeah, once the jobs open back up, I'm still kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the whole reasoning I was making in regards to like comic con. It's like, you know, there are people that normally would be in San Diego right now to make sure that comic con is going off the way that it's supposed to, in July, you know what I mean? And I was like, those fools, they're not in San Diego right now. So that means like, you know, at least I don't think Comic Con's gonna happen when it was when it was scheduled for. I you know, and if it does, I don't know, man. It's kinda <laughs> like I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about it. We could like, finally feels... get into Hall H. Huh? You know we could finally get into Hall H. <laughs> And it's funny they say May, but I just don't feel that confident that it'll be that early. They say May what? That what about May? That it'll start opening up, like that it'll get to the point where we can start opening stuff up again. But I feel like it's going to be a lot longer. Like I'm feeling this thing is going to go at least through the whole summer. Wow. I mean, it could, you could very well be right. I mean, listen, let's put it like this. Like, we talked about those movies and such that are getting pushed back, right? Like, you don't think if they thought if, if you know, there, there, there are a lot of people at Disney getting paid a lot of money to figure out when the best time to release these movies are, right? When you push them back to. It's like, you don't think that if they thought that they could release Black Widow in July and it'd be fine, they would do it? Well, they just got rid of a bunch of those people. That should tell you something. Oh, oh! I don't even know if I saw that story. That's that's in the news. I'm teasing. Oh, okay. Listen. Well, but yeah. So, it's one of these things, man. Uh oh. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of these things where I'm just like, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um, yeah. I think that's all. That's all I should say. You know, it's funny because I finally they finally did a a Saturday Night Live from home. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, this last Saturday they actually did a, uh-huh. a, a they relied on their animation a little more because you know remember back in the yeah. day they used to do them right sporadically. Yeah, and then they had two this episode. Mm. I did two see the one? one with the yeah the Ninja with Turtles, the middle aged Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And then they did two music videos of those, like, parody music videos. And then they had, yeah, they had Tom Hanks host from his house. Oh, really? And, yeah, and then what else did they do? Was it good? You know what? It, some of it was, some of it wasn't, because you didn't read, it, it, it's actually funny that they, not funny, but they pointed it out in this episode that, you <coughs> know, a lot of times, like some, like they did a Ruth Bader Ginsburg isolated at home workout video, you know? And it was funny kind of visually, but she doesn't have, Kate McKinnon doesn't have the whole robe and the wig. So it was just the glasses and the little yarn thing around the neck and the accent. But like that boom mic they have in the studio and, and all that, like that makes the jokes land better because that voice yeah. it doesn't project, you know? So yeah. even the microphone set up in her computer or however they did it wasn't um what well, we were missing a lot of the jokes and I'm sure they're funny but you know they just weren't not like if when she does it in the studio and then they yeah. uh, they wrote a couple skits about like you know f- the different characters that they have like the te- the two telephone operators Wade Bryant and Kate McKinnon they're like the older people in the newer tech company and they're out of touch and they don't know how to do anything. Like mm-hmm. they've done that, you know, and they'll do it like, Oh, a board meeting and they're in it. And then it's funny here. They did a zoom meeting with those two. And that was funny, you know? Mm. So they, okay. they, when they played to what they were doing it, like supposed to look like another one was, I didn't I actually don't even like her skit. Um, Heidi Feynman's character, the word, the YouTuber. Like, when they do those, I'm not a huge fan of. But for some reason, because it was made, made from home, like, mm-hmm. it landed better because yeah, it was like more an actual authentic. YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them it's were really, better than it, others. Oh, but some of them were better than others, but it, it was, like, definitely, like, they they should reach out to some of these um, Instagram sketch comedy guys because those guys yeah. know how to make it like that already you know oh yeah absolutely at least just for technical like consulting yeah yeah i agree uh i'm just looking in the chat real quick uh i see uh burr uh commenting on some of the stuff we talked about he said yeah the government can quote unquote open up all they want but people still aren't gonna be confident to go do stuff he said, I might work from home for the rest of the year, even if they say it's okay to go in. I just don't see the point of going in still. Pretty sure, um, and he says, pretty sure cons are done for the year, for this year. Um, and I think all that is all valid points. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, w- one thing that's really happening right now is people are really reevaluating their lives. And they're just kind of like, you know, what is important and what isn't? And what do I actually need to be doing? And what do I, what are the things that I just thought I needed to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hex also in chat, he says, oh, shit. Uh, guess who got their stimulus? He got stimulated. <laughs> um, and you All know right. What? There it is. Drinks, know, on, drinks on Hex. <laughs> you know who came out smelling like roses out of this whole COVID-19 thing? Who's that? Long Beach Comic Con. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's the best con- convention of 2020. <laughs> They're like taking the crown. Yeah. Like we all got to hang out together. You know, the Fantastic yeah. Forum in full effect. 
and it was yeah. awesome. And they had a bar. Yeah. <laughs> no, no question. That 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 is definitely the best convention uh, of this year so far. It's like, I guess I guess we can try to cross reference with Oz to see if C two E two even comes close, but I doubt it. Yeah. That's funny, man. Um, you know, it's it's what another thing I was gonna say, kind of piggybacking off what you were talking about with Saturday Night Live is. It's really interesting um, to see, like, especially, well, actually, what we're talking about is pretty much just comedy in the sense that when you're talking about shows and, and what, you know, whether those be podcasts or radio shows or television shows, like, it's really interesting to see the difference in some of the people's writing. And how some people kind of lean to lean on that audience participation while others like don't seem to. Yeah. Like there's some people you're realizing are much funnier when you have them in front of a group of people to laugh at them versus people that are just funny no matter I mean, they could be in an empty room and it's just like, oh my God, like oh, it's yeah. with me right now. I it's try- like yeah, it's wild. It's wild to see because it's not. To, it's not even, you know, it's, it's not even necessarily to speak towards talent per se. It's just interesting wow. because it's like you realize how different of animal those two things can be. It's, it's a different skill set. It is. It's like it is. It's like being funny here on the air is one thing, and then doing it in front of a stand-up crowd is different. You know. Oh. And completely. even like, for example, like you know. Uh, Stephen Colbert, like generally yeah. he's a funny dude, you know, yeah. but I tried watching the show from his house and I was like, man, what is he yeah. doing? Like it, I, yeah. I cringed a little. And then yeah. same thing with Trevor Noah. I feel like it's not oh, really? this funny without the audience. And then he's a like genuinely funny dude. Oh, like even they're, just they're co- conversationally. Hilarious. Yeah. But ironically, John Oliver. Oh, Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I Amazing. Think even like, John Oliver doesn't need a thing. Yeah. It's even better. <laughs> and, you know, that's also a testament to his, his crew and writers and everything. Yeah. And his delivery. Because his delivery yeah. is exactly the same. Like, yeah. he even says, like, he just, br- the closest thing he did to make it, like, seem that he's doing it from his house is like, yeah, I know my wife's listening listening to me and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, John, like John, John Oliver might even be funnier in silence. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 and, and then another one is Jimmy Kimmel. He's yeah. still pretty good, but you know, one of his yeah. comedy writers is his wife, so that helps. Like he, they can, they just brainstorm twenty four seven. You know, <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, and then I like when he climbed through his window. What'd you say, Jay? I liked when he climbed through his window. Yeah, that was his, awesome. His camera is so good it, that. Funny. Yeah, his camera. It puts him super in focus mm-hmm. but his background is like out of focus mm-hmm. so it gives the effect like he's standing in front of a green screen and like i guess people are commenting that like on all of his videos so we decided to climb through the window to prove that it wasn't green screen oh and then the com- the camera just focused automatically like i'm like did he do some special effect where he swapped out <laughs> the green screen <laughs> this fool sent that out to weta Cause, yeah, because I was like, I'm like, because I'm li- like, the first time I saw it, I'm like, you know what? It, they straight up took a picture of his house because it looked like a big room, too, like huge room. 
And I'm like, they took straight up took a picture of that and made a backdrop. That's smart because it's like his house, and then it's still like you know he he can still it still has some quality. And then the next episode, he climbed through the window. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, but all this COVID yeah. nineteen this COVID nineteen discussion is really a segue to our topic today, right, Larry? Indeed. Indeed. Let we're going to talk to you all about this list of potential reforms that's going around the retail space. Retailers are talking about what they want comic books to look like upon the return of of uh, books shipping out again. Um, and so, you know, we we this list kind of was circulating through some of the the different com or the different news sites. So we wanted to talk about it and talk about like some of the different ideas that are getting tossed around. Um, also, to uh, you know, get some perspective from people that are not retailers, but you know, consumers. Like, what are the what are, what do we want to see, and see if there's anything that should be added. So, uh, why why don't you start us off, Mo? Just kind of like what what hopped out at you in regards to. Um, something that you're like hey the comic book in either either or the comic book industry should definitely be like this or why would somebody suggest that comics go that route well the one thing that really stuck out to me that i thought was a good like reformation of it was um some of the return policies you know yeah i know you know i know that publishers kind of don't want that but ultimately like sometimes if you want to the, the retailers to take a gamble and maybe even push some other product like they could literally just ha have that with minimum risk you know and you know basically i if there's four new like let's say there's 20 new number ones like a company-wide thing and it's like well i can maybe maybe this part of the tie-in might not be as good because it's a new character that's mm -hmm. not that people already kind of don't like I don't know if uh, if slapping that, maybe I won't order. I will order just two, you know, or three. Right. And then, but if they return, it's like, you know what? And it's like, hey, you know what? If you want to buy this one, they could even knock down the price at their discretion, whatever, and kind of push that product. And ultimately, everybody wins because, you know, if it's good, they'll come back for it, you know? Right. And maybe generate right. future sales for that particular title character. So I thought that one was a really, really... So, like I, i'm surprised that that hasn't changed i mean you know back when we used to sell comics you know every now and then they would do that but just doing it across the board i think would help especially like the reconstruction of this little retail industry you know a little, little aspect of retail right right and then there's some other ones that that like the fewer variants that that uh -huh. one i'm like i you know sometimes i like these variants but Really, like I don't buy all of them like anymore. No, so I think very yeah, few fewer, people do. Fewer variants should be okay. Like I know there's certain like incentive variants that like they make for specific shops that order a certain amount, but that's that's a little different. You know, there's not a bunch of those floating around. Like not everybody wants to have to have has to get all those. You know, right, right. What about you, Jay? What what did you see that kind of jumped out at you one way or the other? Um, well, one of their suggestions is that 
they uh, that they don't include every story arc in the trade paperback format, which I'm like, fucking why? Like, <laughs> is that what you were like? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, like that one at all. If go, if you're only going like. I understand they want people in there every week, but if you are the guy that's only getting trades, um, then you're going to be missing out. And it's like, I know in the suggestion they say just if there was someone that is only doing trades, just make them go and get the single issues for the story arc they miss. And it's like, that seems like a dick move to me. Did you see the suggestion in regards to making uh, the trades come out at a much later date than they currently do? Uh, there was that one, and there was the one where they want to delay. They don't want digital to come out on the same day as the physical. Right. So, like, they want to delay trades and digital, and those seem so hateful to me. Like Hateful is the word you want to use? Yeah, like they really just—they're like, they're like, fuck me, like, like I don't fucking matter. Like I, I buy digital, so I don't matter. I can just wait. It's like, fuck you. And here's the thing: they're kind of—they're worried about the cannibalization of the digital and industry. And you know, they—they kind of already said that there's two different markets. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing. But also, like these retailers need to get with the times and kind of be like, you know what? We're not competing against comiXology or these guys. We're competing against the bootleg market, you know, like, cause anything you can get any comic for free on bootleg on the internet, like just with a simple Google, Google search. Like you don't even have to download it anymore. You can just read it on there. And mm -hmm. it's like, we got to make it so that people choose to buy from us or them instead of that, you know? And that is going to, like, it's easier said than done to a certain degree. But, yeah. But that's the mentality they should have when they, when they think of digital comics is against them, you know? But do you, do you think that, like, do you think that they, they actually, or I guess actually the question is, is, do, like, retailers do believe that their sales are being hurt by by bootleggers by people on the internet like because i guess i'm i at this point it's like you know i don't it feels to me as if comics aren't as popular or aren't popular enough a medium that they're being hurt by the fact that people can read stuff online i feel like those of us that do that if we like something we go buy it well here's the thing they i don't know if they if they're actually hurt by it Mm -hmm. But I think they might think it because mm, otherwise, okay. why would they be so against digital uh, or, you know, or even trade paperbacks? Like, why would. Well, like, I think I think they're trying to make sure that their comics sell. And, and that's and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's the right mentality, because I do. I do believe that we we need to be figuring out how to better serve like the 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 retail market like or not retail market we need to figure out how to better serve the consumer 
Like, yeah. we need to make sure that we're selling comics to people where they want them and the way they want them, as opposed to trying to force people to buy what we think of as comic books. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's a bit of where their mindset is at, where they're like, hey, I got this comic shop and it's filled with all these individual issues and this is what people need to buy. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if that's what, pe- like, some people are trying to buy that, but there's obviously a group of people that aren't, <laughs> you know? The thing is, one of the things is, too, uh, he's comparing uh, comics to, like, movies, where a, a movie will come out in theaters and then it won't be available on DVD or digital streaming for, like, months after Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are two completely different experiences. Like, I'm not sure you can equate those. Also, it does sound like they're just like, they're just mad that there are other places you can buy comic books. It's like if a retailer were to say, well, in order to help the industry will just get rid of half the stores that sell. That way, the remaining stores will get twice as many sales. It's like, it's backwards asinine thinking that's not going to help the industry. Mm-hmm. So, so in your mind, um, the idea of delaying trades or delaying digital is basically the same kind of the same kind of mentality as shutting down shops in order for the other ones to have better business. Right. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Like I'm, I, I would not have necessarily thought of it that way, but I think that that's a, a at least a, a perspective worth thinking about. Like, yeah, I, I would not have thought of it like that, but I, I see. I can see where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Know, here, and there was one that I actually did really like, but I can't find it again. Mm-hmm. But it was basically something where you would... Shit, I don't remember the what it was they wanted, but the end goal was to have the beginning of a series like open slower so that they can get a count of like how many uh, uh, issues they'll need uh, going forward, uh, especially with the no return, since uh, returnability is what it is. Mm-hmm. It would allow them like to better gauge how many they need, which I thought was a fair point. So... But wait, so when you say open slower, that just means that, like, the people that, like, that let the story be less exciting so that we'll actually get a, a, a true <laughs> idea of how many people will actually stick around for the series? I don't think that's what they meant. I, actually, I remember the point now. Oh. It was, uh, they wanted to make it so that when you start a series, that you do it monthly so that they get a chance to gauge how many issues they need uh you know like how some is uh comics will go like twice a month 
Oh, gotcha. As opposed to buy buy monthly. Yeah. So for the first three months, do a monthly, so they could gauge how many they need, and then go to buy monthly. Like once they kind of know how many they need to order, which I thought was fair. I mean, honestly, I, I just kind of feel like why even I, I don't even know why we even do. Well, I know why we do or why bi monthly is done because they can make money. <laughs> it will make more money. But it's like I, I kind of feel like if you're going to do that, then just keep all the comics monthly. You know, or or less. Let's put it like that. Because it's like, um, you know, I, like, you know that I buy, I've bought titles that were, you know, I, depending on how you want to say it, bi-monthly or bi-weekly. But we're basically talking about a book that comes out every two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've definitely done that. But I don't, I've never really kind of felt like, oh, man, like, this book should come out every other, every, you know, two weeks. You know, I don't like I feel like that's totally about a company trying to get as much money out of consumers as it can. Like, I don't know that I've never felt like a story has um, benefited by being, you know, bi-monthly. Now, I have felt like when they do like special events, like how they did for like 52 and it was one each week. Like, mm-hmm. that was different because it was thematic. You know, like, I felt like the story was serviced by that particular convention. And the fact is, I mean, they it came out when it was supposed to, too. That was another big part of it, where I'm just like, if it, if it didn't come out when it was supposed to, it would have been a disaster. But I think DC knew that as well. And they were like, okay, we just, we, it has to come out. So it did. Right. And, yeah, and so if, if you're talking about something like that, I don't mind, like, something special. Or even if you're just like, hey, if there's some reason that a comic from a thematic standpoint should come out bi-weekly or bi-monthly, fine. You know, I'm not, but I don't, you know, I, I think that other, like, when you're just talking about, like, oh, Spider-Man or an X-Men book, and it's like, that's just to make more money. And I just don't know that it, or, or I guess bat, some Batman books do that, too, or no? I don't remember. It doesn't help the story, and it definitely doesn't help the artists, you know. So uh, the writers are probably are usually fine, but you know, yeah. I will say there's one on here that has actually been a concern of mine for like a while. What is that? But the uh, assigned connected one shots of series code annual should be part of the main series code, mm. and. Considering how often annuals are just are like a continuation of the story, like I know in the old days, an annual would be like kind of a one-off in its of itself. But since that ha- that hasn't really been the case for like a while, so it's annoying to have to find the annuals in a separate place that I find the main series. Right. No, that 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 it's interesting because like I mean that makes a lot of sense. It would also make it easier to figure out where the annuals are supposed to go. Right, like in in right. the order in the order of your collection and stuff like that. Because I know that's something that I mean I when I when I get annuals I usually just put them at the end. 
Because, you know, sometimes I remember where they're supposed to go, but a lot of times I don't. And it's like if I didn't, like, put it in right when I bought it, it just kind of, like, you know, especially considering that a lot of annuals are usually stories that, well, I won't say usually, but annuals traditionally were stories that were outside of the main continuity of whatever book you were right. reading. You know, every so often annuals do just kind of pick up with the story as well or might take, you know, you can tell where they go, but a lot of the time you can't. It's just like they could technically go, you know, just about, or they can go anywhere in a certain section of the comics continuity, I guess is what I should say. Right. But even then, yeah, that's what I was saying. But like, that used to be the case for most of the time. But uh, recently, uh, it's been less the case. Like, I know yeah. a lot of times with, from personal experience, uh, Young Justice, like their annuals would be like continuations of the story. Like if you yeah. went from one to one issue, like if you went from 12 to 13 and didn't read that annual, you yeah. missed vital information. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, let's get them in line with the, with the comics. That now, shouldn't be too. I, I know that, um, Jeffrey from Jeffrey's Comics also kind of put that out on his social media to his consumer base and just like, you know, ask them, like, what else do you all think are some things that should be added to this list, trying to get the the consumer perspective? Uh, did you all get a chance to see any of those? And was there anything there that kind of jumped out at you? Uh, I, didn't I didn't get to see it. Oh, wait, say, say it again, Mo. I didn't get to see it. Um, oh, okay. full, like no, no, I saw no. it when you sent it, but I didn't read the comments. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Now let me let me uh, read some of these to you, just because the, you know, obviously it's a, it's a, a completely different perspective because it it's not um, it's not retailers, it's consumers, and so you know, some of these suggestions, I was like, wow, like. Uh, yeah, I was I was a little shocked by some of them. Like the first one was less titles. Like I don't need like six Spider-Man issues and five Batman issues and ten different X-Men related titles. It gets confusing which X-Men or Spider-Man titles I would get or have. What are, what are your initials? Worded. Huh? I don't like how that suggestion is worded. It's like Less X books. Well, currently you have, I don't know how many, it's like six or something, but they yeah. all feature different people. Right. So it's like saying less X books means potentially getting rid of characters that someone might enjoy. And just so that you can have an easier time doing, I don't know what. And I'll grant you. While, yes, before a lot of the X-Books did have a, so much crossover that, um, yeah, I guess before, yes, there was a shit ton of crossover. Huh. Maybe this X-Men line is actually what he was asking for. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I what what... 
it's interesting because I feel like people bring up X Men a lot when they're talking about less books, and it's it's absolutely the worst example, <laughs> just because there's enough characters in the X Men to warrant almost as many books as as they have off a lot of the time. Now, don't get me wrong. There's definitely they haven't done that though, huh? Like in the past, they have they hadn't really done that. Yeah, and and it's that's like, what I was going to say. In each book, it's right. like at that point, yeah, I could see someone like kind of because even then, you still had your you had your key characters, like your everybody knows some characters that would be in every book asininely put in every book but then you still had your like your character characters where if you wanted to follow a certain character you would only have to get that one book right and 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 i think that you're right in the sense that you know in this particular line of x-men books they've done a much better job of of sharing the wealth and like you literally like each book kind of does does feature a particular cast of characters that are, are unique to that book. And it's not to say that you won't see those people in other books. It's just that isn't the story isn't about them. You know, they, they might show up, but they're playing a background role in, in the book that you see them in, um, in, or in that particular issue. But the stars of the book are these other group of people that aren't in the main X-Men title per se, you know? And so, yeah, I think I think right now, I mean, the X Men books I think are in a pretty good place. But you know, again, that is that is a uh, uh, is uh, definitely an opinion. You know, what I'm saying like obviously, other people um, could could feel differently about it. It's, it's debatable. I guess is what I'm saying. Do we need a bunch of different Batman books? Well, like I know Detective is more of the other characters, or at least when I was reading it, it was like focusing more on the other characters. But I think even after that, they're like four Batman books or something. Yeah. And I think that that's more so where, where the point becomes more valid. Like if you're talking about a character like Batman or a character like Spider-Man or like Deadpool, having all those books, you might, you, you might be able to make an argument like, Hey, you don't need all those books. Um, I, I, I know that Jeff has said in the past, and he also said in this thread that, you know, he always felt like there should be a a reason for an additional title. So it's kind of like, okay, if you're going to have like, say a Spider-Man book and the, 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 you know, the, the initial Spider-Man book is the ongoing adventures of Peter Parker, Spider-Man or whatnot. And it's basically what we all think of as a Spider-Man comic. When you decide to have another Spider-Man comic, maybe that book are all self-contained stories. So, like, each issue is literally, like, a a self-contained Spider-Man adventure. So that way it's like, you know, if you want to read about Spider-Man, but you don't necessarily want to be keeping up with continuity, you know, per se, you can get a full story in one issue and that's it or another title that is like a, a one one spider-man title that's just elseworld stuff which is is kind of what they did with uh spawn like when spawn uh 
started branching out. They had Spawn, and then they had Curse of Spawn, which was yeah. like just other spawns throughout history. And you know, some of, some of those stories were multiple arcs, mind you, but they, it was something completely separate from the Spawn comic book, but kind of played into the mythos still. I mean, so it had a reason like to exist because one was Al Simmons and the other was alternate spawns. Right. Like, right. Yeah, but I mean, if you have three books of Peter Parker, Spider Man, right, all telling the same different stories, and like fucking up the bad guys. Like, I remember when I was younger and less sophisticated of mind. Where it used to throw me off because in Web of Spider-Man, the green uh, Harry was good and did did know who Peter was, but then in the regular book he was evil and didn't know who Peter was. And then Amazing was doing their own thing. We, like it, that could get confusing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and, and you know, again, this is one of these things that. Uh, this doesn't benefit consumers. It 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 benefits companies. Like it benefits the publishers, um, right? Because it's like you know, Spider Man's popular, and they know Spider Man's popular. Deadpool's popular. Batman's popular, and we know that we sell Batman com- Like people buy Batman comics. So if we make a second one, they'll buy that too. And here here's the thing, though, people do it. So, like, you can't mess around, and, and, like, part of it is is definitely on, you know, the companies, the, the publishers, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess to a degree the retailer, even though, I, you know, I feel like the retailers, like, they sell what people make and what people want. So it's like, you know, it, it, it comes down to us voting with our dollars, right? So if we're like, you know, a lot of people say there's too many X-Men titles, but then they buy them all. You know, so it's like you you shouldn't have it both ways. You shouldn't or you can't you can't really have it both ways. You can't say there are too many and then buy every single one. Like you either buy the ones that you want to see survive or you don't. In a way, like it's hard to do that. Like that's one of those things that's easier said than done. No, it's not hard. You just do it. Easier said like (laughs) a good story is a good story. So if you well, got then, if, stories, if it's a good story, then it's not too many. It can be, yeah. From this perspective of, okay, you got one good story featuring a cast of characters and another good story featuring the same cast of characters that don't line up. Like, I get it. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously for me, I'm it, like, it's hard for me to have sympathy when when we're the ones that show the industry what is and won't sell. It's the same way, you know. People are like, "Hey, man, we don't need all these variants." And but people buy the variants, and that's kind of where that the suggestions that I kind of like was on board with were more like that where it would allow people an easier uh ballot you know currency ballot to vote with you know 
because you can give them the variety and the options and then it's a minimum risk for the middle for the middleman you know um in terms of returnability and variant stuff you know what i mean now if you actually have to like make you're talking about different a bunch of different stories you got to pay talent then it's a little different you know yeah i mean but every variant like I actually don't even remember the last time I bought more than one variant. All I want them is to make them all white. That's <laughs> that's it. I mean, listen. Yeah, I think I think white covers, and they can all be Scotty Young variants. Exactly. <laughs> I like variants, but, but you know, I don't buy all of them. But I, I'll pick a one that I like the most. You know, but I think with four four for each title is is a good number. You know, and a white cover. See, but then, I mean, I guess here's the thing, though. It's like we all kind of have to be at least on a similar page because it's not I'm not saying it has to be all or nothing because I feel like, yeah, like I think every in, in my mind, it makes sense that there be a sketch cover variant for every comic, you know, or at least every like milestone comic, because, you know, it makes sense that people like might be like, hey, like it would be cool to have an entire, like, say, 12 issues of something that has a, a a sketch from your favorite artist on each one. Like, that's an awesome thing. Now, keeping in mind that there's a whole group of people that are probably like, I don't even see the value. Like, why would... It? Like, there are people that are like, I don't know why anybody would buy uh, alternate cover with nothing on it. <laughs> right? Like, there's yeah. somebody that feels that way. And there's probably a, more people like that than you might think because they could care less about original comic book art. That's, you know, that's not their thing. Fine. But, you know, if we go to the point where we're like, oh, well, you know, every every book should have like four variants or, or every milestone book should have four variants and a sketch cover. It's like, well, the guy that's like, well, I think it should be five. You can't be like, well, you're unreasonable. <laughs> right. It's like. He's saying the same thing you're saying, except he went yeah. up by one he's number. Or the person it. that says yeah. three, he's crossing the line. Three's okay. No. <laughs> three's okay. But the, the guy, the guy that has that says three, thinks you're crossing the line. Right? No, but you know, the guy that says five, he's like, you give an inch, he takes a mile. Like, <laughs> no, but so, you, the thing is, you know, I, I think uh, four variant covers right now is a rarity when they do them because they have a lot more. Like I've seen up to like ten, twelve sometimes, you know. I listen the the House and Powers of X joints. I think each issue had I want to say seven. Right, seven variants for each issue. And guess what? They were pretty much all spectacular. Yeah, I know because I have them. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you would have well, you would have been just as happy if they only did four. I, that's true. That's yeah. absolutely true. Well, yeah. I, well, I, I, if it was the right four, though. Yeah. Because are there some that I could have went without? Sure. Like, for instance, one of the variants for each issue for House and uh, House of X and Powers of Ten was uh, a uh, connecting cover. Right. So, so like House of X, like House of X one, and Powers of Ten one. Each had a cover that, you know, you put them together, they connect. Those were my jams. Like, I wanted to make sure I had every one of those. Now, keeping in mind, you know, that's like, yeah, that's one variant for each issue or whatever. Um, and I, I know that there's other people that probably would be like, well, hey, 
maybe I don't I don't care for those as much. But that's what I would want. And it's like if if you were saying to me like if I knew there were other or other ideas for variants and one of them were connecting covers and somebody was like, ah, oh, you know, we decided to not to do that. I would be disappointed. I was like, oh, you should have added those. So it's kind of like, but then there's somebody else that's like, okay, well, they had the covers that were the different X-Men characters through the generations, basically, like an artist's rendition of all of the, like, seminal versions of each character. So it's like Rogue, first appearance, all the way up until her her current look in house and and powers somebody might be like oh well you know you don't necessarily need that somebody else will be like how could you even think about leaving that out so you know it's like at the end of the day i feel like you know publishers wouldn't do all these things if they didn't sell right because they want to make money more than anything else i mean you know don't get me wrong i'm sure some things they do where they're like hey, we did this because it was like the 80th anniversary and who knows if people are going to want this or not, but this is what, how we think we should commemorate it, you know, because we love comics and I'm sure they do some of that, but I think that at the same time, I think they're banking on the idea that, you know, there's other people out there that feel that way too. Yeah. Um, back to the ideas that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, and I guess it was Jeffrey that suggested it was in the original file, and then I saw it on the Facebook post too. Is mm-hmm. the Shonen Jump style magazine once a month? Yeah, that that I think is a good idea because I would buy that. Like if, especially if you could subscribe to that. Well, I guess you can with the pull box, you know. Like that would I would for sure get that because you know mm-hmm. I could find something I like, and even for production purposes. I would have, like, let's say there's 10 stories in there. I would have, like, yeah. 10 weeks of production or 10 days of production, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't have to think about what I'm going to read. I just just do that. Yeah? Yeah. No, and absolutely. Shonen Jump, it was kind of cool because I would read books that I didn't, wouldn't necessarily have uh, sucked, like, gone out on my own to seek out right so it's like yeah like it's good for exposing people to work yeah and then even if it's something that you like it's just reading something new i guess the ability to read something new along with something you like without having to like yeah you pay more for it but you don't even have to think like, oh, I'm going to spend this money. Should I buy this that I haven't read or this that I haven't read? You know, mm-hmm. like they make the choice for you. So it's a easy. Even as an impulse buy, like put it right on the counter. Don't put it with the other comics. No. Yeah. That, look, it's not a bad idea. It's like, you know, a grab bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another suggestion here from the fan side was less pointless events, which... Yeah, that's a little... You're asking too much there, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it's one of these things where it's like... It, that's one of those things where it's like it just... It's so opinion-driven, you know? Yeah, that's not a technical where, thing that's going to help. Because like, he probably still... like He... If he feels they're pointless, he had at the very least read them, or thought, I mean, thought you about would think, it. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, I caught myself there, but 
Because even me, like, I, I some of these, I'm like, ugh, this is dumb. But I'm like, yeah, you know, other people like it, you know? If they, they didn't buy them, they wouldn't make them, you know? And I saw Jeff's compromise saying, okay, like, you know, the events are just self-contained in the books and they don't go into tie-ins or whatever into other books, other comics. And, you know, I, I for me, I'm kind of like, I can understand why you would say that. I, I At the same time, I'm kind of like, I like some of those tie-ins. Not all of them, because, you know, not everybody's good at it. Yeah, but maybe the maybe the compromise is the tie-in books are additional and not in the main series, which some some events are like that. Yeah, like where, those those Moon Knight tie-ins for Civil War, right? <laughs> and you literally have like you know Civil War Moon Knight or something like that. And, then, and it, if you if you have an ongoing Moon Knight book, it doesn't touch that. But if you want Moon Knight's perspective on what's happening. Or you know, or what, how it affects him more deeply. You can buy that book, and it's like, That's but I, you know, it's one of these things where, like, a lot of these, I feel like these are things where, if things were different, they would just complain about the change. You know, like, I know, like, right now we say, oh, you know, don't put, don't make the tie-in part of the main series, but yeah. if they printed the spider-man you know infinity book separate from the main series there'd be somebody that would be like why do they have to print another spider-man yeah. book that's just not part of the series like why like now if i want to get the whole spider-man collection i gotta go buy that that's just an extra book like all this is is a cash grab well <laughs> it kind of reminds me of what dan didio was talking about too when he, he was talking on joe casada's like drink and draw uh-huh. And he, one of the things he said was like the failure of the second year of New Fifty Two for him. Mm-hmm. He well, the second year he felt was his failure because they make made everything fresh and revamped everything, but yeah. then they're like it's kind of missing some of the old stuff, so they try to pepper it in, and eventually mm-hmm. you start making the old stuff again, and then mm-hmm. because people didn't like the change, mm-hmm. and then they don't like the same, so it's like. You, yeah. you know, you if you and that's what this list kind of reminded me of. Where it's like, you yeah. know, there's a lot of suggestions that kind of fit that wouldn't work under that what Dan Didio was talking about. That's right. kind of proven. They tell you, you know? stop, stop telling the same old stories, right? And then you tell a, a story that's completely different, and they're like, hey, not that different. That's yeah. not even the character anymore. And it's like, well, dude, yeah. like. The character's been around for almost a hundred years. Right. What do you want? And there's a there's <laughs> what do you other... want? Like it's like the the folks that mess around and got mad that Captain America became Hydra. Right. It's like it turned out we hadn't told that story yet. So why don't we try that? And one? they kind of did. They kind of did what? In like the sixties. Oh, they made. Oh, you're talking about like. No, no. What they made Captain America Hydra in the sixties? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't even know what story that is. I missed it. Let me see if I can find the picture. Oh. You're not talking about like when Captain America quit being Captain America because he found out that no. the, the like the Secret Empire stuff. You're not talking about that. No, right? not that. Oh, okay. Well, the Secret yeah. Empire one was so dope too because oh yeah, because it's like he was saying all this crazy stuff and then he was still worthy to pick up the hammer. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm talking about the original Secret Empire stuff. Uh, like when he got that, that disillusioned because he found out that like the vice president was in on on the conspiracy. And so he was like, man, I can't be Captain America anymore because America's failed me. But yeah, but that was cool that he was able to pick up the hammer still, even though he was saying all the craziness right there. Like, man, this fool's worthy. Yeah. He's like, make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, and and I think I think I think you're right. Like, it's one of, and obviously you always have to understand that you're not going to please everybody. Uh, so you you know definitely shouldn't try. But uh, yeah, I, I could totally understand why the deal would be, like looking back might be like man. We kind of compromised ourselves and maybe sabotage what could have been uh, uh, something, you know, really interesting or potentially good for those characters or comics. Even though, Lord knows, like, New 52 had some good ideas and had some bad ideas, so. Yeah, but even some of the bad ideas they did okay because they resonated with other people that, you know, had problems with continuity. Like, they don't know where to jump in, you know? Mm -hmm. So, in a way, it's kind of a success, but it's just not, you know, from a fan perspective, it's not. And that's the tricky thing, too, with this, with comics, is, like, people don't like a lot of change. And and, and that's one of the other bullet points on on the 95 thesis was the, like, bring fresh blood aimed at kids, you know? And it's like, well, if you're afraid to change a lot of things, like, it might not resonate with the kids, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's 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 a wild thing. Like, I know for me, it, it's like n- comics, um, or at least mainstream comics, whole whole like the con- the conundrum of it is the it might be the idea that things need to maintain a particular status quo or else they're not that character anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, it'd be easier to have, let things change if they did it periodically and, you know, somewhat gradually like, like how life is, you know, like if it was just a normal part of things, like the, if we, if we, if we made it so that Batman eventually does grow old and he can't be Batman anymore at a certain point, at some point people would just accept that because it's like, well, he's old, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like if that, like, you know, yeah, you love, you love Bruce Wayne as Batman and you got Bruce Wayne as Batman for 20 years because that's, that's the lifespan of, a vigilante superhero of that caliber, you know, he'll, he'll start to get slower. He he isn't as strong, or as you know, as, as strong as he used to be, or you know, doesn't have the kind of reflex. And so it's like somebody else has to be Batman now. And it's like, okay, so now Dick Grayson is Batman now, and that Dick Grayson gets to be Batman for you know the next fifteen years, and then after that, it has to be somebody else that's quicker. And you know, say like. And don't get me wrong, it's like, sure, 
that it, it's like a part of that is a little sad in the sense that you're kind of like injecting a little bit more reality into your fantasy world. But the, I think the cool part of that is each person gets to have their generation of Batman, which yeah. is awesome in, in its own right. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like how James Bond, you know? Yep. Like nobody messes around and is like, oh, I wish they hadn't made Goldeneye. <laughs> you yep. know? They just say, I liked Goldeneye, but I think uh, Connery was a better Bond, you know? That's not a, a perfect analogy, obviously, because they're all playing the same person. Yeah. But but the idea is, but in close. comics, technically, you yeah. could be a Batman fan and Bruce Wayne be your, your favorite Batman, but you still enjoy watching, you know, Damian Wayne's Batman. And then at the end of the, like, once after like 50 years, you can do a crisis where they all meet. I mean, I guess, sure. <laughs> you know, like I don't have any issue with, with a story, like some type of time, whatever story where, yeah, they're all in the same thing. Like, sure. I, I mean, that works for me. I was trying to ruin You know, it. but, but the, what, the, the thing with that, unfortunately, is that somebody's going to be like, well, maybe we should just bring Bruce Wayne back. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was you going know, with it. That's exactly, but that's the thing where it's like you don't want to you don't want to entertain the idea like oh yeah we're bringing Bruce Wayne back and you know it's like yeah the original Batman is like well how about this how about they just they do that but then they give you ongoing series for each character you like that way you could always have your character that you like oh but then it's too <laughs> many comics it's too many comics Mo. and they all get variant covers because you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like we're back right where we started. And right? then what like you that. could do, you could do a Shonen Jump style version of those Batman <laughs> books, where you get all of them once a month. It's like, it's like I buy Bruce Wayne Batman, I buy Dick Grayson Batman, I buy Damian Wayne Batman. It's like I buy all the Batmans. I think something like that could work. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, hey man, not exactly, but. Let's say, like, for example, if you have a Spider-Man, like a Peter Parker Spider-Man, a Miles Morales Spider-Man book, a Dr. Octopus Spider-Man book, it would all be Spider-Man, but it would be different ways of doing things. Like, you could still keep the stories interesting because they're different characters because uh, they're all still different characters. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely agree that different different characters, like if you're a different, a completely different character, it makes sense for those people to have different books. Like, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like, it makes perfect sense for um, uh, Peter Parker as Spider Man to have his own book, as well as Miles Morales have their his own book, and you know that's a completely different book from. Gwen Stacy's book, or or Spider Woman, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like okay, yeah, those are all different, but it's like I kind of feel like the way that you don't allow things to get stale is one, like let let the characters have a life cycle, like a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then also like 
feature those characters in the book so that, you know, like you give people a taste of those things every so often so that they're like, man, yeah, like I let's put it like this. I get why there's people that want a Miles Morales book on his own. You know, I, I understand that. I like the character. At the same time, it's like there it would not hurt for like a, a Spider-Man title to feature Miles Morales every so often and like people like wanting like like if there was no other Miles Morales book, them just wanting to see that character more. You know, it's like I guess I'm not saying don't give the people what they want, but I kind of am. I'm saying like hold back a little bit, you know. I'm looking at the chat. I see um, Keck talking about. Um, oh wait, hold on. Actually, I think I need to go back. Uh, Burr. Oh no. Hex says Batman growing old is the premise of Batman Beyond. That is true. Uh, Burr says, LOL, I just can't win with mainstream comics. Feels like they're always changing their mind on what to do with them. How about they just take away all the backstory and you just pretend the generic Batman is Bruce Wayne or whatever Batman you prefer? I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with a title like that where it's like a Batman book that's like, you know, just the hero. You don't ever see him out of costume. Like, there's no stories about what they're doing when they're not superheroing. <laughs> you know, you're basically cutting away from Batman to villains to maybe uh, uh, side characters that are being affected by whatever's happening back to Batman. It's like, you know, which we've had issues like that, definitely. Uh, Hecht also mentioned Bruto, the next generation. I, I mean, I think Naruto is a great example of what I'm talking about in the sense that you know, Naruto is it, it has a beginning, a middle and an end and you know, it's like now Naruto kind of plays the background to the next generation with which it focuses on his kid and it's like, you know, yeah, there are plenty of people that don't like Naruto as much as they like Naruto but nobody's giving them a choice in regards to what else to watch, right? <laughs> and guess what? They watch it and they're going to come to like Bruto probably as much as they like Naruto eventually. Because, you know, the kid's a badass. Huh? So that's not happening. I Look, I, I listen. Let me put it like this. It's like, when you, like, the only thing that stops Bruto, I think, from being, or, or for being as beloved as of yet, is because he's starting over. Like, when Bruto gets to the Shippuden stage... Trust me, they're going to be cast and be like, I don't even know who Naruto is. They're going to be like, I'm, I'm a Baruto guy. I was like that after watching Baruto when it first came out. Were you really? You didn't, yeah, did you watch Naruto? No, I didn't have to because I got Baruto. Oh, well, there you go. That, like, And don't get me wrong, like, I would definitely say, that, I mean, to anyone, I would suggest Naruto. I think I love it. It's a great series. Yeah. And uh, the story it tells is amazing, especially, again, it's like you literally grow up with this kid from him being, you know, I mean, he wasn't a baby, but he's like a little kid yeah. and you watch him become a man. You know, like this fool has a family. <laughs> you know what? Like that, that, that journey is amazing. Savage Dragon. Yeah. 
Yeah. Versus I mean, that, Boruto is most generation. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Young. I just didn't want to have to watch a bunch of episodes. Oh, of, of Naruto? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's no, a new a series. Fun. I could, it's like a new 52. I could jump in right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, man. So, I, it, you know, I, it would be interesting if comics would take that approach. But Lord knows, like, they, they can't, at least not mainstream comics at this point. Because, like, people would be so dissatisfied, and I think they're un- they'd be dissatisfied enough to stop buying some of those books. And so I can understand why people wouldn't take that chance. Um, also, considering too, again, for as much complaining as people do, I think that they're like, well, they buy them, <laughs> which is what it boils down to. A lot of people complain, but I don't think a lot of people like actually put their put their well i guess take their money from where their mouth is i guess that's what they're supposed to do right <laughs> like oh there's too many titles but they buy them all why do we need it why do we have all these uh uh variants but then they buy like half of them right it's like we don't need we don't need all these titles for this one character but then again they buy four books of that one like if everybody that ever said don't buy like I don't I'm not gonna buy or we don't need all these Batman titles if all those people picked one book to buy and just bought that book people would be like uh, you know publishers would be like okay I guess all they want to read is Batman and that's it I pick detective well listen Jay I think you're part of the problem I'll do Gotham Knights <laughs> I'm joking say what I'll do Gotham Knights You'll do say, okay. There it is. So we're all gonna pick one different Batman book. Got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna play the news music. Let's do it. Hold on. <laughs> We should have a like, uh, like Kurt. Uh, <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. There, Larry. So I posted in chat the newer, um, Jim Lee, auction art. He's actually yeah. keeping to the schedule. That dead man, man. Yeah, the dead man is pretty amazing. Then I put some other ones that I ran in across yesterday that I thought. I would like to share. So, there's a dude named Daniel Warren that did a Darth Vader one being turned into Darth Vader. Yeah, that's a great looking uh, piece, man. That's crazy. And then there's a Steve McNiven Spider-Man I put. The, the Darth Vader almost, it almost is like horror. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the McNiven Spider-Man. That's special. And that's his cooldown piece. Like, he's like, oh, I'm not going to draw for the rest of the day. I'm just going to draw something to, like, cool down his arm. <laughs> really? Yeah. Listen, cool down his arm. I love it. Listen, who who draws Spider-Man to cool down with all these lines? Come on, yeah. man. Steve McNiven. I guess so, man. Look, in that suggestive pose. What's Spider-Man want from me? <laughs> 
If that was Spider-Woman, he'd be boycotted already. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I don't see it. <laughs> now I'm trying to find the the story. Okay, A- after it was announced last week, Walt Disney Company will begin furlough employees on April 19th, and 43,000 staffers at Disney World. Damn. And uh, they were talking about they they let some people go or furlough like the Pixar, Lucas Lucas Arts, and Marvel. They don't. They didn't talk about who, like, what they did, but yeah, it, it's. Let's see, yeah. Wow. It says uh, the Walt Disney Company pre-announced furloughs have impacted each of the premium film labels. The insider tells Variety, beginning on Thursday, staffers at labels like Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Searchlight. And more were notified of furloughs, primarily impacting staffers who cannot perform their job duties due to ongoing sh- shutdowns related to coronavirus pandemic. The marketing yeah. and distribution departments were affected. And uh, the, we talked about the calendar. It says a time frame for furloughs, which differs from a layoff in that employees retained their benefits, was not immediately clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it hasn't been officially canceled as of right now, but there are discussions apparently of Comic Con becoming, uh, or at least they're preparing, it seems, for them to have an online portion of it, which, of course, may very well become the like representation for San Diego Comic Con period. Um, you know, right now they're still uh figuring things out and it's really interesting because the way that they're talking about it, they're just like, hey like canceling an event on the scale of Comic Con isn't something that you just do. <laughs> it's not saying that they, they don't want to, but they're like they're almost as much logistics to canceling it as there is to putting it on. They said they including the cancellation of 20, 220,000 hotel rooms. Uh, I'm sorry, hotel room nights uh, with, you know, with over 50 hotels that they would have to contact and basically uh, turn around and refund the money of people. Uh it says the San Diego Tourism Authority said that Comic-Con was evaluating any financial liability in regards to cancellations. Uh, but yeah, but basically everybody, they're basically saying that uh, they're trying to figure out like if they do cancel it, how? How's the best way to cancel it? And people can, you know, have what their money that they need. Uh, and, of course, the the organization itself, like, doesn't go bankrupt because of it. Yeah. That's crazy. Ah, yeah. Uh, this paragraph right here. 
Yeah, it says, this is interesting, it says, SDCC is meant to take place in late July, and as of April 1st, this is from uh, uh, the Daily Dot, by the way. Uh, and as of April 1st, the convention organizers were still publicly planning to move forward as normal. Uh, this announcement was met with disbelief, because even in two or three months, it's probably it probably won't be safe or prudent to hold a crowded event with over 130,000 international attendees. So, I mean, that this is basically everybody, they're, they're coming to Jesus moment, where they're like, okay, the, the grim reality is, even if people say it's okay, it's still not okay. <laughs> you know? It's like people people might say you can come to, to San Diego for Comic-Con in July, but who is going to actually come, and should they be coming? And I think everybody's realizing the answer to that is no. Man. Um, another artist that's making these daily sketches. I don't know if this is for a charity or for comic shops, but it's Mike Mignola. Mm. And he's been doing. He did a Skeletor that was pretty good, but he did a, a Grog, and then Jim Food colored it. So like on Jim Food's Instagram, like he just I guess screen captured it and then colored it. And did his colored version of Mike, 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 uh, Mike McNola's pencil. Oh, so you're putting it in chat? Yeah, I'm going to put it right now. It's just. Nice. I've never thought I'd see those two work together like that. You know, I know, right? right? McNola's color palette compared to. <laughs> to right. My foods is. But it looks awesome. I want to see them do a book together. Nice. And then if you click it, you can swipe it to see what the Magnola one looks like without color. And then also, Larry, like you're in in the Larry doesn't know how to explain things department. We're talking about variant covers and white covers and Empire has a green cover and Larry never told me about it. I didn't know. How would I how would I know? And I like How it. How do you know? Yeah, because I I stuck I I produce for the show. I'm just saying Empire didn't even come out. Yeah, I know. I'm angry now. I... <laughs> and if you look at it, it's basically you can just get anybody and drew a portrait of them as a scroll. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And like you can put their face in there. Yeah. So it's uh, like I'm like I want a green cover. <laughs> you want a, a scroll a scroll face cover? Yeah, yeah, but so, uh, the, uh, Bert, Bert says there's like nothing on that cover though. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. You you pay somebody to draw you a cover, and this one happens to be green because they draw whoever you want as a scroll. Because the white ones, actually, I have a white one on me right now. I, let me take a picture. I was gonna review a book that I bought like in 2012, and it was a white cover. And uh, and I was gonna put it in the chat when I reviewed it, but I didn't get to read it. So, word. Uh, it's a book called Morning Star. Uh, Burr says if you want, I can take a green sheet of paper and spill some coffee on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. Do it, do it. I'll take a copy too. <laughs> um, but yeah. That and that one was a cool idea because he did the white cover on the back, 
and then the regular cover on the front. So if you want a white cover, you got it. You got it. It's in the back, and you can pay somebody to draw it. And so I paid him to draw it when I bought it, and that's how he got me with a white cover. And then I never read it, but he got my money. And then oh. I'm, I'm going to read it right now, That now that I have the time. <laughs> that's very nice. Yeah. So, um, did, did you guys realize? Oh, go ahead, Jay. I forget who's that in the background. The dog. Yeah. Oh, that's Dean. Dean. I was trying to get him to look at me when I was taking the picture too, but he, he's like, nah. Nah. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's the. I'm gonna put the 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 Skeletor. Some, oh, there it is. Speaking of Mike Mignola, I just bought Hellboy Volume 1 from Comixology. Oh, yeah? Did you use the Mo deal? What was the Mo deal? I don't know, like 80% off or something? No, oh. I bought it for free. Oh, even better. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's in the news story, too. Um The Skeletor looks weird, but it still looks cool. Uh, uh, yeah, that looks cool. Like, I would know who that is. I'd be like, that's a funky Skeletor. <laughs> that's about great... Civil War we were talking about earlier. I bought that on Comixology. Which one? Civil War. Oh, all right. The original. Yeah. Nice. That was also free. You you read that though, right? Um. Yes. Oh. No, that sounds like a no. <laughs> like I know I read the pro the prologue. That's fair. I know That's I the same read as the whole book. <laughs> like I feel like I read at least most of it, and I read the two news people. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure I read to the last. Now I can read it again for free. So, um, WonderCon was supposed to be this weekend. Yeah. Which, you know, didn't happen. But apparently they had a whole bunch of online stuff going on. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Yeah. I mean, it's still there. It looks like you can still go watch it if you go to the WonderCon site. There was some like panels and things, I guess that they somehow did. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I'd known. We I would have definitely tried to promote it some, but I did not know. And you know, I could understand. You know, maybe they didn't want to put the same kind of push, of course, in promoting promoting just the online. I, and I think WonderCon is technically just postponed, so I don't know if that means they're thinking about putting it on later in the year or like september i, I mean I, I don't know <laughs> like sometime later in the year i don't know i don't know i mean and i know there are some people that you know are, are doing that for events i mean there's definitely some people that are canceling things outright because they're you know yeah. annual and they're we just like well everything for the rest of the year We'll start over next year. 
<laughs> we should definitely do that. 2020 is a wash, Jay? I think so. It was like, hey, like, Matt, just a mass memo. Stop trying. <laughs> Everyone, just just go home. Nap. <laughs> yeah, go home. Self-isolate. I'll see you in 2021. Woo! Like New, wait, New Year's. New Year's 2021 or New Year's Eve. Oh, man, that's going to be something else. Because going to be like, thank you for this year being gone, right? That's going to be the party, the end of parties. They're like, dude, cats were so ready to get out of 2019. Now everybody's like, please, can we have 2019 back? Please. Remember, when 20, remember 2019 when we could go outside? <laughs> that was cool. Remember that? Yeah, except we shouldn't have been going outside. If we had stayed home in 2019, <laughs> in 2019, we wouldn't be dealing with this shit right now. Listen, cats, like like the mundane events will sound like like amazing soirees, right? Now, remember happy hour? Man. <laughs> yeah, happy hours was awesome. So, right- so Trolls 2 premiered this weekend. And it was number one on Amazon Prime Video On Demand. Um, I don't have the numbers. Uh, The article I read didn't have the numbers, but apparently it was a successful launch. (laughs) And so theaters are going to, like movie studios are going to have to look at this are are going to look at this and like decide, you know, do they really want to wait for theaters to open up or is this a viable uh viable distribution method for movies? It's it's viable for for some movies. It's not viable for all movies. Tiger Claw says you mean Trolls World Tour? That's what I said, Trolls too. It's like, yeah, Troll. I mean, don't get me wrong. Trolls Two probably would have had a bigger box office opening. Really? All things being regular, right? No, that, I mean, that there, gar- there are people that want to see that movie. I'm are sure, you? like they're, they're children. They? But I don't. Yeah, I guess. Hyperclusters. I didn't know Jay Random was in the Trolls. Did he used to play with the toys back in the day? I don't Absolutely. remember saying I was into Trolls. Oh no, no, he definitely. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head, Tiger Claw. Jay is a trollophile. Yeah, I, I, I did. I'm not. I only used to watch the cartoon for impure purposes. Like, <laughs> back in the day, I would go in his room, and his bed would, like, there would be, like, a little troll around the entire perimeter. Like, he couldn't even roll in or out of bed. He'd have to, like, I'll do a little hop. To clear the th- the troll. And I don't know what those trolls would do to him at night. Apparently, Ooh. they would play reggaeton. <laughs> I did see the commercial with that guy, and he's like, "What is he covered in? in is he covered in glitter or diamonds?" Um, I'm pretty sure it's glitter, but his name is Tiny Diamond. Oh, okay. That that joint was ridiculous. It's not not enough or not funny enough for me to be like, oh, I need to see that. But I was just like, that 
is weird and an interesting take on that whole idea. Like, they took, like, a shiny suit idea and made it into a troll. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Honestly, that was when I was out. Like, (laughs) I I was considering checking the movie out because, you know, I'm subscribed to the movie club so I could see it for free. Like, I could just meet on a day I see a movie that I actually want to see. Uh-huh. And for free, but then the tiny diamond, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm I'm out. I'm not seeing this." Oh, see, look, no, I was never in. I just like that was the part where I was like, it made me pay attention to it for a hot second. Even though you know, I like Bloom. Like I thought about it for a hot second because I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't get to see her a lot of stuff. And I'm like I would like to see her or listen to her, but then I'm like, no, not on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> first ever reggaeton troll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no one should ever have to say that you're the first ever reggaeton troll. Like it's well as they were like that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't exist. So why why are we commemorating the like like is someone gonna say there's gonna be a second reggaeton troll? Because if so. <laughs> <laughs> if so, we need look. We, you know, I know we're we're kind of busy trying to stop this whole COVID thing, but there's a new scourge on the horizon <laughs> that we need to put a stop to right now. No more reggaeton trolls. No more. First and last, done. Oh my god. <laughs> Do we have any more news before we get out of here? Nah, we'll save it for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Good. All right. uh, Let's do some final thoughts. Jay, why don't you give me some final thoughts, man? (laughs) Um, I know I had final thoughts, but I cannot recall what they are. Okay. Well, hey. You got the entire length of Moses' final thoughts to remember. Uh, Moses Magnum, final thoughts. Yeah, happy birthday to my friend Lloyd. You heard him on the show before and in chat. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. Lloyd! Oh man, Lloyd's not getting to celebrate. He was supposed to come out to LA this week, too. Oh, he should not do that. He should stay. And right where he. The thing is, he was isolated. Well, I don't know if you want me to tell, but he was working from home because he had a he injured his leg. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. He was working from home already when everything went down. So he was like, around this time is when he was going to be up and about again. But uh, man, so he's been self isolating all this time. Yeah. So it's I was like, man, you might not have any immunity to be out in the world, but <laughs> well, you know. But you might get sunburned. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> this fool's like two shades lighter than he usually is because he's been inside so long. <laughs> but he said that he's really enjoying Final Fantasy VII. Ah, I'm going to buy that eventually, but I'm not rushing out to do it. I'm going to wait till yeah. they release the other discs. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that. Oh, jeez, man. For the oh, Jay, do you remember? No, nah, I don't. That's okay. They'll be tomorrow for the entire Fantastic Forum. Thank you all for hanging out with us. 
We appreciate you. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. So uh, until then, please follow us on social media. Hit our uh, Instagram. Let us know what it is you like, what you don't like, what you want us to be talking about. Uh, what it uh, you know, what it is that you maybe are like, hey, no, no more of that. Like if you don't want us to talk about reggaeton trolls anymore, tell us, because you know, you know how Jay gets. He'll bring it up again. I will not. <laughs> this is fantastic forum. Only on allgames.com. <laughs>